After watching the last episode from season three of The Chosen, I have a new understanding of this story that we hear today in the gospel. Both in the scripture and in the episode, something I hadn't thought about is that Jesus sent them into the storm. So in the episode, they're staying on the shore, right? They just got done feeding the 5,000. And you can see in the distance that a storm is kind of brewing. And Jesus is like, go, I'll meet you over there. The apostles are kind of like, ah, you know, it doesn't seem like a really good idea, but they, they go. In the scripture, it says he made them get into the boat. He forced them into the boat and said, go. Here's something, I don't know if you know this, but Jewish people are terrified of water. Especially the deep water, because that's where they believe Leviathan, the great beast, lives, right? Who is symbolic of the devil. And so, the Sea of Galilee, I just looked this up because I was wondering last Mass, it's only 13 miles long and 8 miles wide. And it says that they were a few miles out being tossed about by the waves in this storm. So they're literally in the center which is the deepest part. So they're terrified. Not only because they're in the deepest part and they hate deep water, the boat is, being, is in danger of capsizing. You know, the, the, the Greek sometimes, the, the translation sometimes is just terrible because it says that the boat is tossed about by the waves. Well, that sounds like, eh, you know. The actual word is harassed or tortured by waves. So the, literally the boat is in danger of flipping. And worst of all, Jesus sent him into it, knowingly. The only reason the apostles are in the mess they're in is because Jesus made them get into the boat and go across. What's incredible about this to me and what, I mean, we always marvel at Peter walking on water as we should. I mean, nobody's done it since. But what also is incredible is the faith that Peter had to get into the boat initially. He's not an idiot. He knows a storm is coming. He knows it's going to be dangerous. But he listens to Jesus in spite of it. And goes into a raging storm in a little rickety fishing boat. So that got me thinking, how many of us are sitting here right now in a boat? Think about it. Peter's boat symbolizes his life. He's a fisherman. So how many of us are sitting here in our boat, our lives, and we're in a storm in the dark? And we're not really sure what to do. And we are only there because Jesus told us to be there. It has to be what Peter's feeling right now. But he didn't tell him to go there and suffer alone. He sent them into the storm and he said, just trust me. And when they needed him most, he came. One of the things that struck me when I went to the Holy Land is if you go to Galilee, you can go up onto the the Mount of Beatitudes, which is where a lot of the Gospels happened. And they call it the mountain of the Beatitudes. They must have been like North Dakotans because there's, like they saw a big hill and they're like, whoa, mountain, you know? Because there's not a whole lot of mountains until you get way, way, way north. But they could, what what struck me about on on this mount of Beatitudes, on the one side is this cave. It's a small little cave. It's kind of like niched into the, the hill. And they call that, the tradition calls that the cave of Jesus. You know what it says like today, went up on the mountain to pray? That's where he went. And if that's true, I went into that cave and looked out. It's amazing. You can see the whole Sea of Galilee. 
So even though he sends them out and they think they're alone and he doesn't care, he's watching them the entire time. Even if they don't know it. And so too with us. But that, and that's nice, you know, but here's the next problem. The storm started, it says, in the evening. 9 o'clock, 8 o'clock, p.m., right? When does Jesus come to them? The fourth watch. Does anybody know when the fourth watch is? It's about 3 a.m. So he leaves them out there for six hours. You know, did he just couldn't wrap up his prayer or what? Six hours they're out there being tortured by waves. And so why does God send them into the storm? Why does God send us into storms? Because it builds faith. It builds faith in the fact that we are going to trust that no matter what we're in, if we go through enough of them and we learn from them, no matter what we're in, we trust that he's going to be there for us. And you can sit back and be like, well, I don't want storms. I don't even want faith. Here's the deal. I don't care. Because storms are coming whether you want them or not. And there's an ultimate storm coming for all of us. And it's the single most scary, dark, terrifying storm that we are all going to experience. And that storm is the experience of death. And all these little storms that we're going through in our lives is Jesus preparing us for that last storm. So when we're on the cusp of the most scary, the darkest, the terrifying, unknown point storm, we're just like, let's roll. Because I've been through this so many times, I'm not afraid. That's the point of the storms of this life, to prepare us for the next. This is why Paul, I love in his second letter to Timothy, he says, For this reason, I suffer all of these things. But I am not ashamed, for I know the one in whom I have believed. And I am convinced he will protect what I have entrusted to him until the day I die. And that's why when Peter sinks, Jesus says to him, why did you doubt? Peter, you know me. You know I love you. You know I care for you. Why did you doubt? I don't know about you, but when I pray through these things, I try to put myself, it's called, it's called composition of place. I try to put myself into the position of Peter. And sometimes I just get laughing about some of these stories. Because it's hilarious. He's, Jesus is like, Peter, why did you doubt? Peter's going, oh, why did I doubt? I don't know. It's 4 a.m. How about that? How about the fact that I'm walking on freaking water? Which has never been done before. How about that? Maybe, maybe that's something. Or here's something. You, you sent us into this mess. And then you called me out of it. And I'm in sandals. <laughs> I don't even have a life jacket. I don't have floaties. Why'd I doubt? Who wouldn't doubt? He's doing something that's impossible. But he doesn't say anything. He just grabs Jesus and hangs on to him with everything he's got. Because he realizes in that moment that Jesus is all that matters in the midst of the storm. There's a lot of theories as to why he's saying maybe he got distracted by the storm. I mean, it says that in the gospel, so that's a pretty good theory. It says he got distracted by the storm, that's why he started to sing. But I had this new thought. What about this? I got to thinking, I mean, because we'll never ultimately know what causes Peter to sink. But this is the thing that came to me this year. He got too far away from the boat. And remember, the boat is his life, his old life. 
A fisherman. Jesus called to be a fisher of men. So he's calling him out of that. Peter, come. And Peter comes. And he takes a few steps and he's cool. Because the boat's still there. I guess if anything happens, I got the boat. And Jesus says, no, keep coming, Peter. Keep coming. And he keeps coming and coming and coming. And all of a sudden he looks back and he's like, oh no. The boat's too far away now. And he's almost to Jesus. That's the crazy part. We know that. Because he says, Lord, save me. And what does it say? Jesus reached out. That's how close he was. He just couldn't get all the way there. When Jesus is calling all of us, he's calling us out of our ego-centered lives into something radically different. And sometimes we get so scared of that life that he's calling us to that we run back to the boat, our old life, before we sink. You guys, I cannot tell you the amount of times that I have gotten out of the boat. And I've walked on water. And all of a sudden, I get scared. And I sink. Now, I'm not talking literally walking on water. What I'm talking about is doing impossible things with and through Jesus. And you do it, and you're doing it, and all of a sudden, you're like, oh my gosh, I'm doing it! And then the enemy, he gets into your head. And he says something like this, oh, come on. You can't keep this up forever. Sure, you're conquering your fear for a while, but forever? You can't really believe that the freedom from your sin you're experiencing is really going to last. You and I both know you're going back to the boat. And for some stupid reason, I always do. Why? I don't know. I suppose because it's safe. Right? The life of the world is safe. The life of faith is an adventure. Scary. We don't know what's going to happen. Jesus wants you and I walking on water. He doesn't want us in a boat. He wants us to do amazing things. Things that you and I don't even know are possible if we stay focused on him and not get distracted. You know, I was reading an article about the great athletes. And I'm not talking about some semi-greats. I'm talking about the great greats. Like Wayne Gretzky, great. Michael Jordan, great. Dare I say it? Tom Brady. <laughs> Ouch. Still hated. But they said there's something about these guys that puts them a, just a notch above every other everybody else. And he's like, it's not talent. There's a lot of talented athletes out there. There's something extra that they have. I don't know if you know Gerald Vetter. He's the superintendent of Light of Christ. He would always say, he's like, it's the it factor. And I'm like, Gerald, what's the it factor? He's like, oh, it's it. I'm like, what's it? He's like, I don't know, but he has it. He's got it. And this guy says, he says, the it factor for these guys that are just a notch above is they can remain focused no matter what is happening around them. They can stay clearly focused on the game. You want an example of that? What was that? A few years ago? Right? Tom Brady's down, what was it? 21, 21 points in the third quarter? Focus. It's like everything just... All, the, all the, the noise around you is just gone. And you just know what you have to do. I still think that Tom Brady, Michael Jordan, Wayne Gretzky, these guys were called to be saints. There's no doubt. They just got focused on the wrong thing. We're called to be saints. And we just have to remain focused. Don't focus on the storm. There's nothing you can do about it. Don't get distracted by everything that's going on around you. Stay focused on Jesus. 
And you'll do the impossible. Way too often you and I get focused on the storm and how strong it is and we forget how powerful Jesus is. And then we, we freak out and we try to take control. Or we get focused on how broken we are and we forget that Jesus came to save all people. Not just the good ones, but sinners. We're not made for boats. We're made for walking on water. So whatever sin it is or fear that crushes you in this life, Jesus is calling you and me to get out of that comfortable life, the drift of the world, focus on him and do the impossible. Don't get distracted. Stay focused. And he does the rest.